This is Nick Rothell, creator of The 7-Hour Book, and you're listening to the Act Local Marketing Podcast. Act Local Marketing for Small Business, Episode 158. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 158, and I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. On each and every episode of Act Local Marketing, I like to share a strategy with you that I call today's takeaway, where I'm going to give you an action item that if you walk away with it now, today, work to implement it, it's going to help you grow your business. And of course, I also invite guest experts to help with various aspects of business building. And today, I have a guest for you who really makes a habit of helping small business owners not only define the kind of business they want to be running, but the systems and processes that will make it happen. So stay tuned. It's been my experience that most small business owners don't treat their enterprise like big business. I mean, after all, why, why would you? It's not a big business yet. For example, they rarely write or even think about creating a mission statement. That sounds like something only big business does. A company's mission statement is its statement of purpose, what you've heard me call the big why of your business. So here are some examples of mission statements from companies and organizations that you will recognize. Smithsonian, the increase and diffusion of knowledge. The Humane Society, celebrating animals, confronting cruelty. PBS, public broadcasting, to create content that educates, informs, and inspires. Now, those were nonprofits, right? How about corporations? IKEA, the furniture company, to create a better everyday life for many people. Nordstrom's, to give customers the most compelling shopping experience possible. And JetBlue, whom coincidentally I'm flying on tomorrow morning at the time that I actually write and record this particular episode, JetBlue committed to bettering the lives of our customers, crew member, and communities, and inspiring others to do the same. So let's get to today's takeaway. I promised you that action item that you could walk away with now, and it's going to help you grow your business. So here it is. At a website called 
uh, bplans.com, which, as you can imagine, probably stands for business plans, bplans.com. I found an article, <clears throat> excuse me, titled How to Write a Mission Statement in Five Easy Steps. So you can check it out yourself at bplans.com, How to Write a Mission Statement in Five Easy Steps. The article tells you that you should be able to read your statement out loud in less than 30 seconds. That's an important key element. This is not the place to list all the services and desires that you have for your business. It's a broader, much broader brushstroke than that. But you should be able to tell us some of the following. Not some, not necessarily all, but listen to this little laundry list. Who is your company? Notice I said who, not what is your company. Who is your company? What do you do? What do you stand for? And why do you do it? What markets do you serve? Do you solve a particular problem for your customers? Notice that many of the quite short mission statements that I shared with you answer many of these questions in as little as six words. So give it a try. Being able to articulate your big why in a few words will create clarity in your marketing and for your employees and customers. And always feel free to drop me a line at ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I can help point you towards more resources that will help you put together your big why in words, a mission statement for your company. And that is today's takeaway. So connect with me. Find me on social media, any of the popular social media platforms. Find me there. Pick up my book at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, either a physical bookstore or online, The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. And, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, subscribe. Feel free to subscribe and leave me a review over at iTunes. Those are very helpful. Now it's time for a short break, but when we get back, my guest today, Scott Beebe, is here, and he's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Hey, Ag Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close to you. 
Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey, welcome back. This is the Boomer Gal, Kaylin Amadio. And as always, as I always promise, and you know I like to keep my promises, I have another wonderful guest for you to meet here on Act Local Marketing. I want to introduce you to Scott Beebe. He is the founder and the head coach of My Business on Purpose, which you can find at mybusinessonpurpose.com. He has a whole platform there and because he's also the host of the Business on Purpose podcast. So you're starting to see a theme here, right? Business <laughs> on Purpose. So Scott liberates small business owners like you from the chaos of working in your business and helps you get your life back on track by articulating and implementing very intentional vision, mission, and values, and then the systems and processes that are going to help you put all that into place. So, Scott, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Kaylin, it's a delight to be with you. Thanks so much. Thank you for taking time. I always um, make sure that I thank my guests for spending time with us because time is is the precious commodity that you cannot get back. You know, once you spend it, it is gone forever and ever. So I'm always really grateful when people are willing to spend their very precious time with us to uh, get to know them and to help my audience. So thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, the first time I meet someone, my audience knows, I like to collect entrepreneurial journeys. So I gave a very brief little bio about what Mm -hmm. you do now. But if you would uh, enlighten us a little bit and tell us how you came to be doing what it is you're doing today, I would appreciate it. Kaylin, I have a very, very nonlinear blueprint uh, to get to this point. I wish I could tell you that it was, you know, relatively master planned. Uh, it just was not. And so they rarely uh, I, are. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. with entrepreneurs, the thread is the same and they rarely are planned. Yeah. And, and you know, the struggle is when I started listening to podcasts a, a few years ago, um, I would hear somebody on the podcast and I would think, wow, I mean, that's, you know, my life just didn't flow like that. And as as things have grown and developed over the last few years, I've, I've realized, to your exact point, is it is more often the case that things are, in fact, very nonlinear. And um, and so for for, you know, for those of us who have the earbuds in our ears listening to this, um, be encouraged that the what seems like chaos is actually developing a really nice story. And so for us, my story briefly grew up all over the country. Uh, my dad is an engineer, and so we just kind of followed the work and followed the promotion opportunities, et cetera. And so I was born on the East Coast, um, moved to the Southwest, lived in the Pacific Northwest for a number of years, and then ended up back on the East Coast and uh, went to the University of South Carolina, graduated there. And actually, my wife and I, we moved to Fort Worth. I ended up going to theology school in Fort Worth for graduate school. So I graduated there in 01. While I was there, I was selling uh, reference materials to CFPs and CPAs and attorneys. And uh, it was kind of my first sales gig. And it was a telesales uh, to existing customer base, except during tax season, when we had to go for three months of cold calling. And you talk about just complete, uh, you know, MBA of, uh, 
kind of personal engagement, et cetera. Um, there were elements of it I just didn't enjoy, but the growth that happened during that time. And since that time, I have spent half of my life in large uh, global multinationals and predominantly with Pfizer, as you and I were talking about just a minute ago, right. and uh, which has a presence up there near you in White Plains. But then the other half of my time, I've spent in really, really tiny uh, kind of micro nonprofit enterprise, both in non-governmental organizations and also in faith-based um, organizations. And so it, it's been a bit of a mix in in where I've led my professional life. But what that did for me is I am, a, for anybody familiar with the uh, DISC personality profile, I'm an IC. And so I'm an influencer with a compliant backup um, and, and everybody thinks that I'm an extrovert and I'm actually not, I'm actually quite introverted. And so when I'm in a public setting or public speaking or whatever, I usually leave that, that setting and I have to go crash. And, um, and I just, <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. Yes. I get it completely. Okay. It takes so, so much energy, right? It does. To it sort does. of gear it. And that's what people don't understand about introverts. I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but what people don't understand about introverts is it doesn't mean that you can't go speak in public or that you can't be in front of people. It just means that it's not your natural state to seek out being the center of attention and to have all eyes on you. You can do it, but it's incredibly draining of your energy. Kaylin, I've got to ask you, is that something that you have found recently or is this something that you've known for a while? Because for me, it's been a very recent discovery. To, to understand... You mean to understand how it affects my energy? Yeah, both that and to understand who you are, uh, you know. Yeah, as this kind is of something that, in- that I've, I've sort of been researching a little bit since I um, started speaking in public around, um, on a more regular basis around t- uh, 2011 or so. Uh, because I realized, and you know, we're, we're, we're both podcasters, right? Which is a little bit different, but it's still public speaking. I realized I'm really good at it. I'm really good at speaking in public and I'm really good at teaching. And I'm really good at being in front of people, but it's incredibly exhausting. It really, really is exhausting. Mm. And I always thought I was an introvert. So I started to research the whole thing to understand Maybe I'm not, and you know, I was confused by the whole thing. So, not, and this shouldn't be about me. This is about you. So, um, but there's been a lot of research done, and I've talked to a, a lot of other introverts and extroverts, and there are tests that you can sort of take. I don't know if the DISC, um, I don't think I've ever taken the DISC, but um, I don't know if that tells you anything about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And quite frankly, the test I take, I ride the line. I, mm-hmm. I have like a foot on each side of the fence, so I can do either, but I really have to gear up for it mentally. Well, what you said earlier, and, and there are some charts that try to say, hey, if you're on this side of the graph, you're an introvert. If you're on that side, you're an extrovert. I actually don't see a lot of um, uh, real pragmatic play in those. And the reason is because the question you asked just a couple of minutes ago, and that is what gives you energy versus what kind of sucks the life out of you. Right. And so, um, you know, you could be the life of a party and, and really uh, be good at it, but it doesn't mean that it energizes you. Exactly. And so I can, I can show up to any public gathering and go right into the middle of the room. It doesn't intimidate me. Uh, but as soon as I'm done, I've got to go find a, a, a small dark box and just go sit in it by myself <laughs> yes. and stare. Yes. You know? People often confuse introversion with shyness. 
And I actually True. wrote a blog post several years ago, um, confess- like confessions of a shy extrovert, <laughs> right? Because you can be shy and be an extrovert. People, that, people, they're not synonymous, right? Yeah. So um, there are a lot of, of shades of gray. Yes, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. That is a great way to put it. Anyway, so, I, I interrupted your telling of your journey. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is I, I th- hopefully that's an encouragement uh, to some of the folks that are that are listening. Um, and and so it kind of went along that nonlinear blueprint. Uh, half my life in multinational corporation, half my life in small nonprofit, and my most recent uh, working for somebody. Uh, was when I left Pfizer to take an opportunity and work as the executive director of a small non-governmental working in Nigeria. Now, we've been working in Nigeria since about 05, 06, um, but this was an opportunity to actually do this full time. Most of our work over there has been voluntary. And we worked in a really small, tiny, rural uh, area of Nigeria, southwest Nigeria. And during that time, I, I worked with uh, on the inside of this organization um, as the executive director for about a year and a half, two years. Well, then we had this situation come up where it was uh, somewhat of a hostile takeover and something that was really out of my control from an operational day-to-day standpoint. And uh, through that, the board, which the majority of them walked away because of the things that were going on, mm-hmm. the board ended up dissolving my role because they were responsible for hiring my role. And eight out of nine of them weren't going to be there anymore. And so they felt responsibility both to the role, to the organization, and to me to dissolve that. And so February 27th of 2015, Kayla and I got on a plane to come back home from Dallas, and I was unemployed for the first time in my life. Wow. And, uh, you know, a couple things happened. Um, Number one, I had been told by a friend of mine who's a civil engineer um, who I spent a lot of time with. He said, Scott, you know, one of the things you do really well is you help people uncover the things that they can't see. And that resonated with me, Kaylin. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I'm, I'm real nervous about saying, yeah, I'm good at that. Because to me, it, sometimes it could come across as arrogant or self-serving or whatever. Right. But when he said it, I thought, yes, that is what I do. Um, I'm not a good mechanic. I'm, I, I can't build houses. I can't design light bulbs. But I can help other people uncover the things they can't see. And so as I looked back and started to visit with um, friends of mine, I realized that I had a skill set. It was very narrow, wasn't very broad, where I could help people in business, and particularly in small business, uncover the things they couldn't see, and particularly around the areas both of vision and then of systematizing a business. And so three days, that was a Friday, February 27th of last year was a Friday, Three days after that, um, I'd already started to kind of begin to explore. I'd gone to Dan Miller's Coaching with Excellence program, which was a live event where Dan Miller is a, 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 co- a business coach kind of par excellence, and he just teaches guys how to do it. And um, And I'd gone about a month before that had happened because I was trying to become a better coach for our internal team. Well, I leaned on that. I leaned on a couple of uh, guys that I know really well who are business owners, and they said, hey we know you've got a gift. We need you to help us, but how can you help us? Uh, Write us a proposal and let's get started. And so I wrote up a proposal to help them identify their vision, mission values. They said, yes, that's what we need. And that's how the Business on on Purpose platform was born. That is so interesting. And so many people since 2008 and the the wonkiness, I'll call it to be kind, of the economy (laughs) – uh, found themselves uh, consultants, 
right? When they had mm. had been picking up a paycheck working for someone else before and um, either intentionally or unintentionally found themselves self-employed. And uh, while many of them didn't stay self-employed, right? A lot of them have or they or still mm-hmm. or people still want to be self-employed. You know, they want to be business owners. There's a I deal with a with my age group which is baby boomers and there's a spike in entrepreneurship uh due to boomers leaving the workforce whether you know being forced out or uh taking the decision into their own hands and starting businesses often for the first time in their lives. And so it's interesting to me to hear that that you've started a consulting business, right? When you, mm-hmm. you didn't intend to necessarily, that wasn't the plan to begin with. So I think it'd be very interesting for people to know when they find themselves starting from scratch like that, how, how did you go about getting the word out? What, what, was your, what were your methods for marketing this brand new baby that you decided to you know, birth and bring into the world? Yeah, the um, the couple of key things. First thing is, Kaylin, is I went to people that I knew who were in somewhat of an avatar, and and that's actually probably if I if I go back to step zero, it was writing down a vision for myself, and I start every single thing that I do. In fact, I typically won't work with a business owner unless they're willing to first start with articulating their vision story, because there is a is a real well known. Um, uh, a passage in the Old Testament of the Bible that uh, that talks about this vision that if uh, you write the vision down so that those who read it may run. And the, the value of writing your vision down, and a vision really is nothing more than a destination of where you ultimately want to be. And it's not a statement either. It's beyond that. It's details. It's where do you want your business to be in, let's say, four years. And when I mean, uh, when, when I ask that question, I'm talking about what is your what does your revenue look like? What does your product look like? What does your customer look like? Um, what does your family look like? And starting to ask these key questions and you're articulating the vision story. And so take, for instance, Kaylin, I live just outside of Hilton Head, South Carolina. Well, a lot of people have been to Hilton Head, but the majority of the world has never been to Hilton Head. Right. And so if I were to say Hilton Head, the majority of the world would either go, yeah, I've heard of it or they've never heard of it at all. And so um, with with if I were to just my vision statement were to be, hey, let's go to Hilton Head. For the majority of the world, it wouldn't make any sense. Versus, if I detailed it out and said, "Hey, let's go to this sea, you know, this coastal sea island off the coast of South Carolina, shaped like a shoe. It's got towering pines, beautiful live oak trees, swinging moss, um, world-class restaurants, uh, sandy beaches. You know, then I go into detail, and all of a sudden, now you can make a decision. Yes, that sounds appealing, or no, it doesn't sound appealing. And so, by articulating my vision story, I now am able to speak to kind of my ideal client who can then say, yes, that is something that I do want to be a part of versus some people who might say, no, that is something that I don't want to be a part of. And so starting with that vision story, that's that's really where um, the first bit of marketing comes in because your vision story actually can populate your ad copy for whatever it is that you want to do for promoting your actual business. Because when you go back to your vision story, and my vision story is about two and a half pages long, Well, I've got two and a half pages of content that I can pull keywords from, key phrases, and use that as my ad copy because it's all targeted ultimately at the people that I want to be able to serve. And so that's a good foundation for actually creating the uh, the ad copy, the messaging, the branding 
for your business. And then practically, uh, the way that I've fleshed that out for me is I found uh, two business owners locally who own small business in the range that I was looking to work with and said, hey, here's what I believe you need based on what you've told me. And here's what I can offer for that. And I started with those guys. Then what I did is I actually, and this is a very unscalable model, right, in our digital age right now. But that's okay because I'm still a fan of the live meeting. And I'll explain why here in a little bit. But I, I, um, I had, I hosted a lunch locally for those clients and then asked them to bring three other clients or three other business owners each to my lunch. And so they brought them to the lunch. I gave a value based presentation and then started just connecting with those guys. And it happened very organically. And what I found was this idea of developing vision, mission, values, systems, and processes, every small business owner under 25 million in annual revenue and under 25 employees, they feel like they're going to pull their hair out and they need this for their business. And so I found, I found a product or a service that really not only do I love to serve people with, but I also realize it's a definite need and it scales for these small businesses. Right. So very interesting. I like that idea of, well, first of all, like you said, step back to step zero. I'm constantly harping on my audience about, uh, and I, and I said it in my book too. I wrote a whole, you know, uh, section in one of the chapters about developing your customer personas Mm. as I called them and and that's really what you were talking about when you define a vision and then you have to figure out what are the customers that want to work with me to help me fulfill my vision of what I want my life to look like Mm -hmm. because if you do any networking at all and and you go whether you join a, a a group you know a networking group or you're just you're doing it on your own going to uh locations to meet people you hear way too much people define themselves as oh i help everyone i help anybody who (laughs) wears green you know Mm -hmm. and that's not um that's not a well-defined client Mm. and what you just uh developed for us was knowing precisely what kind of clients you can help and you have to be willing to say to the rest of them Sure. You know, if you want to come to me, I'll be willing to try and help you. We can talk about it. But these are the people, this swath right here are the people I can really help. And like, you you know, we were talking about time before and and we uh, you mentioned scalability. We haven't we haven't talked about that yet, but uh, there is only so much time in the day as I mentioned before. And so there's, there's only so much work you can get done and you really shouldn't be spinning your wheels trying to help people who don't quite fit the mold for you. Somebody else has a mold for them. Hmm. You know? Yeah. There's, there's no doubt. And, and here's the thing is there's 7 billion people in this world. Yeah. And I, we're all scared to niche down. We're all yes, scared. To niche absolutely. Down. Here's, here's what we found. We've got a, a great client, uh, out, out on the West Coast, and he has got an amazing, amazing product uh, to help teach small business owners how to lead millennials. Well, I mean, is there a hotter topic right oh, now? Oh my goodness! You know, than yeah. than how to how to lead millennials. It you is. You got to introduce me to this person. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Yeah, well, Jared would be great. We to talk do about it. you know boomers and millennials all the time. So here's where Jared has come is he's got this great, I mean, he's got the whole flow. I mean, he's, he's, he's taken this service and he's put it into a, a, just a great product. And the challenge is, 
is, uh, said, Jared, all right, who do you want to work with? I'm kind of outing Jared. And so he'll, he'll laugh at this because he knows it's true. Um, and he knows we're kicking his rear end to, to um, get him to change it. And he's doing it right now and he's finding success in it. And so what we decided to do is said, all right, where you live in this product that you've got, you can't serve everybody because if, if you broadcast everybody, nobody's going to hear it. Um, we live on a river out here. If I go out here on my dock in the wide open expanse and scream and yell at the top of my lungs, I offer business coaching. I will get zero clients. Right. And yet if I come in here to my little $100 microphone and speak into it in a conversation with you, all of a sudden my message is broadcast. So it's strategic. So I am niching down my message right now through this little microphone rather than going out to what would seem logical out to a great wide open expanse and just start yelling and screaming. Right. Well, what Jared did is we started to drill down on some questions. And one of the questions we began to ask was, um, what particular industries interest you? Like just, they just interest you. And so he started to give us a, a short little list, two or three different industries. And we said, okay, well, we want you to draft a list of businesses, but you can only draft a list of businesses from these industries. And then we want to take, and I forget the, what he's named the millennial service that he offers. Um, but essentially, let's just call it, um, you know, millennials for small business owners. Let's just say that was the product name. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of saying millennials for small business owners, what we want to do is say um, millennials for architectural firm owners. Right. Well, all of a sudden, every architect in the room goes, uh, I need that. I need that. Right. And then the attorneys in the room go, hey, when are you going to create something for lawyers? Well, the little known secret is it's all the same stuff. <laughs> right. You know? And any business owner knows that, right? Yeah. What, what you're doing, it always cracked me up when, when I would speak to someone. And uh, I remember a woman who owned a yoga studio said to me, well, have you worked with any other yoga studios? And it was all I could do to keep on the inside my thoughts saying, do you not understand that all businesses are the same and it doesn't matter that you're a yoga studio? We have the same fundamental principles we need to attend That's to. right. Well, and think about this too, Kaylin. And, and I, I had a guy tell me, ask me this question a couple of days ago. And the reality is, and this is the difference between consulting and coaching. And so people say, you know, do you do uh, this kind of consulting? And I'm, I'm very clear to say I'm actually not a consultant because I don't have 30 years of industry experience in the construction industry or in the marketing industry or in the whatever industry. And so uh, an industry consultant, what they come in to do is they come in and give you best practices and they could care less whether you implement it or not. It's mm -hmm. what, what, what you're paying them for is to say, when I was in your shoes, this is what I did and was successful. And right. so that's an industry consultant. What a coach is, is we take fundamental principles. This is how you block. This is how you tackle. This is how you throw a ball. And then we show up every day with a whistle in our mouth to say, did you do it? Did you do it? Did right. you do it? Did you do right. it? And so we've actually got an online mastermind that we just launched a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. And we've got a, a guy in the mastermind from Dubai. Well, we in our online mastermind, we have an action items forum. And anything that we ever talk about in the group, you have to go post your action items in this forum. Well, he went and posted his action items in this forum. And a week had gone by and I noticed there was no response, um, an update as to where he was. So I reached back out to him, said, hey, man, we hadn't heard from you. Where are you at? That's what a coach does. Right. Is you didn't show up to practice today. Where are you at? 
And so it's less about the industry or, uh, yeah, it's less about the industry and how the product meets that industry than it is the underlying fundamentals of what it is that you serve and then going after a, a specific industry or specific niche and say, I'm here to serve you. Right. Now, one of the things that you you told us uh, in a previous question when I when I asked you about you you assigned the the whole vision and mission and values uh, research and knowledge and um, you know sort of getting to the bottom of creating that vision you equated that to the ability to then uh, create ad copy for example to create uh, a niche or to dive into particular niches that interest you but know that your marketing would be speaking directly to those people. They'd be able to see themselves within the marketing because you've defined your vision. What we didn't get to is the importance of the systems and the processes afterwards because you you yourself said when you were talking about um, the lunches and uh, you bring three people to the lunch, the scalability of that. So talk to us about the importance of the systems and the processes once you've uh, defined your, your vision and your mission and your values. When I woke up this morning, the sun came up that way, the way I'm pointing that you can't see. And tonight, <laughs> I'm assuming sun, you're pointing east. <laughs> right. Yes, I hope I am anyway. And tonight, the sun is going to go down that way. And I can with confidence say that. And the reason, and, and by the way, we live on a tidal river. And so the, the our river is completely dry right now. I can see the mud at the bottom of our river. We'll give it about three or four more hours, and there's going to be six feet of water in this river because we live on a tidal river. And it does it about every six, half, six and a half hours. It comes in, and it goes out. And it comes in, and it goes out. Sun comes up, sun goes down. Rain comes in, rain goes out. And everything in our world works on a system and a process. Why in the world wouldn't we do that in our business? Yeah. Um, and so with the systems and processes, here's here's a couple of things that in all of our coaching sessions and we did uh, one of our uh, team members went back and did a little audit of how much how many one on one meetings um, have I had in the last uh, year, 12 months. And what we had found is we had uh, I had 450 individual one on one coaching meetings within the last 12 months. And I mean, we we just trying to serve as many people as we can serve. And in doing that, Kaylin, there have been a couple of, I don't want to call them business laws, but I think they kind of are business laws that have come out of that that are a bit of a prerequisite to the systems and processes. Number one that we've learned, if you hire against some objective profile, whether it be the DIS, the Myers-Briggs, the Colby or whatever, and what I mean by that is if they, if, if you're needing to hire somebody who is very, let's say, contemplative and instead you hire somebody who's got the personality of an influencer and you put them in that role, it will bite you in the rear end about 95% right, of the time. Right. Um, that's, that's rule number one that we've learned. Rule number two that we've learned, and again, all this leads up to the systems and processes, if you neglect the weekly team meeting, that's got to be a highly agended meeting, but if you neglect the weekly team meeting, it's going to bite you in the rear end 95% of the time. And it's akin to my wife and I texting each other throughout the day, but then coming home and just going to bed and never sitting down and actually having conversation. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that, and this kind of overarches everything, we can build the best systems, the best processes, the best vision, the best mission, the best values, all of it. I mean, we can put a Ferrari in the garage, but if you never get in the, in, in the car, turn it on and drive it, if you don't implement and take action on it, 
it is all worthless. And so all that is the prerequisite of the systems and processes because if you don't have the mind of implementation, of actual pull through, showing up every single day, then the systems and processes are going to do you no good. But if you do decide to show up and don't have the systems and processes, you're going to be like uh, the guy who called me Monday morning, 8.08 this past Monday morning, actually texted me and asked me to call him. He operates and owns a local franchise of, or a, a local store of a national food service franchise that you would all know about. Right. And so he calls me and Kalen, why in the world would he call me? His franchise has spent millions yeah, of dollars. Giving him all the tools he needs. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why does he need me? He needs me to show up because he's got all those tools. They're sitting on the shelf and he's not used them. Right. That's why he's calling me. Right. And so the systems and the processes can be world class. But if you don't have implementation now, let me go into a couple little tactics from a systems process standpoint. you got to start again with your vision because your systems are going to be built on your vision. Once you get to the point where you're building systems in your business and, and to make it real easy, every human body has got 11 systems that make up the human body, you know, skeletal, cardiovascular, et cetera. Well, your business has a defined number of systems that makes up the body or the organization of your business. And it might be three, four, five, or six, like operations, administration, accounting, sales, marketing. Those are all systems. Now, within those systems, you have the various roles and processes. And so within the marketing system, you have the lead generation role. You have the branding role. By the way, these aren't all full-time roles. They're just roles. Right. right. Uh, and so you've got all these roles. Well, within each role, so imagine a job role sitting in front of you, and it's made up of, you know, one, two, three, four, all the way down to six. And every number has subpoints to it. So let's say you go to your lead generation role in your business. Well, you know, step number one of lead generation is, uh, let's say it's setting up um, lead magnets or something like that. Well, lead magnets are going to have these sub points of how you actually set up a lead magnet. Those are your processes. And I leverage Google Drive. I run about 95% of my business on Google Drive and mm -hmm. uh, lead our clients to do the same. And we're, we're seeing businesses that are, uh, some of these businesses are 15 to $55 million companies that we're transitioning to run on the back of Google Drive because it's that powerful. Um, it's Whereas Dropbox is like a really fancy filing cabinet, right. Google Drive is a really fancy filing cabinet with a really, really slick art studio inside of it because you can create and store all within the Google Drive platform. And so um, within Google Drive, what we do is we link all of these things together. So we put together the org chart with all the systems and the roles inside of it. And then once you click on one of those, it takes you to the actual job role. And then once you click on that, it takes you to the actual documented or video process that's been done for that. And it sounds really complicated. I promise it's not. It's really, really simple to do. The challenge, though, is, Kalen, you got to show up and do it. It's going to take you, in order to document a process, it's going to take you an additional 5 to 30 minutes in addition to whatever the process time actually took. So if you're doing some accounting feature, say payroll, and it normally takes you three hours to do payroll, well, it's going to take you about three and a half hours to not only do payroll, but to document the process to do payroll. But that extra 30 minutes, guess what? You never have to do it again. Right. That, that's what I was thinking uh, while you were explaining this, is that once you've done that work, it's evergreen, unless you just you for some reason need to change the process. If it's if the process is done the same way time and time and time again, 
the extra effort and time that you put into documenting it now makes it easier for anyone who steps into that role to, you know, do that process function. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And see, even now with the technology that's out there, there's a little tool. I use something called ScreenFlow because I've got a Mac, but anybody can use this tool called Screencast-O-Matic. Just Google it. It's $15 a year. It is the best 15 bucks you'll spend all year. And what you can do is anything you do on your computer, all you have to do through Screencast-O-Matic is just hit the record button and it records everything you do on your computer and everything you say while you're talking about doing it. So if you're doing payroll on your computer, just hit the record button, talk through it, upload it to YouTube, and that process is documented forever. Right. And don't get freaked out when he says upload it to YouTube because you can make videos private, right? That that That's doesn't exactly mean right. that uh, everyone on the planet is watching you do, <laughs> watching right. you do payroll, now right? You it's can private. Videos with, to Google Drive. You don't even have to go to YouTube. You can just upload them straight to your Google Drive folder and they'll be entirely private. And Google Drive is free, correct? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm embarrassed to say, yes, up to 15 gigs of data which, like I said, I run 95% of my business on it, and we're at 10 gigs right now. Right. Um, we've been doing it for years. We'll pay for it once we get to that thing. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Right. Um, it's an incredibly powerful tool. And that's just amazing, all, all the free, free tools out there. What other, uh, what other free platforms would you recommend people use? Well, the Screencast-O-Matic is a no-brainer. Like I said, it is free, by the way. Um, you can just pay the $15 upgrade, which you absolutely have to do um, just because it's so worth it um, to be able to do it. I mean, but $15 is nothing yeah. <laughs> in terms of an, an investment in your business. That's nothing. Well, I mean, think about the – I mean, I've got – right now in our business, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 to 50 video tutorials. And we've got two virtual team members um, that, that I have the privilege of working with. One is in Georgia – 45 minutes away from me. The other's in the Philippines, you know, half a world away from me. Right. And whenever we've got a new process, and we think with what we call, Kaylin, the systems mindset within our business, and that is the next thing I'm about to do, could this potentially be the last time that I ever do that thing? Meaning I'm about to post social media content. Well, guess what? There are a million people around this world who would love for you to pay them whatever, 5, 10, 15 bucks an hour, to post so, social media content. Right. All you need to do is turn on your Screencast-O-Matic or your ScreenFlow, whatever your screen recording software is, post your social media content, tell how you're doing it, upload it to your Google Drive or YouTube, make it private, and then send it to a virtual team member and say, that's what I want you to do. And if you have any questions, just hit rewind because I right. said everything in the video. Right. Um, so that... I, you know, without getting kind of overly complicated, I would say if you haven't leveraged Google Drive or Screencast-O-Matic, I would start there with those two. Very good. Those are great tips, by the way. I love that. And there's people realize that there are a lot of uh, free resources for them, but I don't think they realize just uh, how many free resources have come about over the years and how incredibly powerful they are. They're not necessarily stripped down trial versions of the real thing. The free version can keep you going for a very long time before you need to start uh, using the paid version in all kinds of platforms. That mm. is not unusual at all today. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, 
it's embarrassing to know how much is available. Now, here's the, here's the reality, though, is we live right here on the coast. The technology available to us is like a big blue ocean. If you don't have a, a targeted approach to it to say, you know what, I'm going to use these three things, and that's all I'm going to use. Uh, because you'll have, I mean, you just got new stuff coming out constantly. And so uh, it's that's our approach to social media. We, we do one thing and we just kind of go all in on it. It's our approach to technological tools. We use one thing and we just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Just because something new has come out doesn't mean it's for you. Right. Uh, and so uh, really locking in on one thing and then creating a process around that one thing and sharing it with a team member who can get that done for you. Well, I, I like uh, I like what you said about social media. That's what my and I'm going to say my first book because I do intend to write more books. See, that's part of my <laughs> there vision. There you go. Good right? job. So I'm saying, even though I haven't <laughs> written the second book yet, my first book, Scott, is about social media marketing. You know, and I told you my my niche is the over fifty crowd business owner who is um, you know still confused by all this technology and exactly how this stuff works and. How is it different from traditional advertising and all of that? And one of the things that I always counsel is, and I can't remember, I wish I could tell you who I heard this from the first time. It was some uh, online guru, and it might not even have been original to them. They might have heard it somewhere as well. But that the way that you uh, drill for oil is you drill one 100-foot deep well, not 101-foot deep wells. Oh, wow. Right? Um and that's absolutely true with your social media. You're better off choosing one platform, you know, that you know you can drill deep on and just keep going back and going back and going back and and making that a really well-run platform for you than to keep trying the next thing that comes out. You know, not everyone needs to be on Snapchat. That's exactly right. right. You, you know, so. it's funny. I was at Social Media Marketing World um, back in April in San Diego. I mean, it's like 3,000 marketers and all this stuff. And, and the rage was Snapchat, yeah, Snapchat in sure. in just the rage, the growth is amazing and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, the growth is amazing for you. Just not for me. Right. Um, it because depends. it really, well, this goes back to your whole thing on, you know, vision and mission and values. What is it you're trying to accomplish? That's right. And then which tools are going to support that? It doesn't have, like I said before, you don't help everybody and anybody right? You need your vision and your mission and your values so that you can really see the people that you're trying to help. You need to really see them in that vision and yeah. what you want your day in and day out to look like and, and what you're doing and what you want your team doing and how everybody wants to feel about that. You're right. The vision is, it, it's so much more. And then you can tell which tools are going to be useful to you and not waste your time on, on the ones that are um, seem like a fad now. All of, all social media seemed like a fad at the moment yeah. that it came out, the platform came out. But eventually many of them became uh, day in and day out pieces of, of how we communicate with one another. And then they ended up on the stock market as well, you know, and Warren <laughs> Buffett buys them. So you know they're real. But, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to jump into the and chase the, the next shiny object. That's That kills uh, a, a business. A well, the other business. thing that vision, mission, values do for you is they give you a scapegoat to go to. So two quick anecdotal stories. One is had an architect out of San Francisco 
and had a baker come to him and say, I want to retro a building for uh, a new bakery. And it's $23,000 project that this architect bid out on it. And the baker came back to the architect, said, I, I'd really prefer to work with you. Uh, you seem like you're the better architect, but I've got four other bids and none of them are over, over $18,000. Is there any way that you could just lower your bid um, and bring that thing down to match and, and you're my guy, I'll give you the contract. And this client of mine is a eye on the disc personality profile, influencer, storyteller, people guy, loves to be around people and just wants to make everybody happy. Well, his whole career as an architect, he has made a practice of matching lower bids just so mm. he can get to work. And it's worked fine for him, but he knows he's wor his work is worth more than that. Well, right. this time we had just got done developing his value, uh, his unique core value set. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to do something different. And this just happened about two months ago. He went back to the baker and he said, listen, he said, I'm just going to be straight, straight up with you. The way we bid this project out, we bid it in a new way. We bid it according to our core values and what we really felt like we were going to be able to bring in this project. And he listed out his core values, actually took them to this guy, right. listed them out and said, here they are. And he said, so I know in the past that, that this is what I've done. He said, but I'm going to be honest with you what we're going to do is worth that price point. And the guy came back to him the next day and said, all right, let's go. Gave him, yeah. the, gave him the job. Every dime that he had spent with us up into that point, he had paid it back in spades right. uh, just because of his core values. And, the, another, and that's, yeah, that's really saying something. I mean, think about it when you're willing to hold your line and say to a client, no, because I'm even more valuable than, than this. And if you can't recognize that, then we probably shouldn't be working together. It, it, it gives you the parameters of who you work with and who you don't work with. Right. Yeah. Uh, had a client yesterday who fired a client or a customer and used his core values to do it. Um, and literally, again, printed them out, took them in there. They are incredible scapegoats um, for kind of stripping the emotion out of a decision mm -hmm. and looking at it. Because when you when you write out your vision, your mission, your core value set, you're 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 not in the middle of the emotion. You're not in, in the middle of a heated argument or a heated uh, proposal or something like that. You're removed from that. And so now when you get in that moment, you can pull those things out and go, OK, wait a second. Let's think with sobriety right now through this situation. Here's what sobriety tells me to do with my unique core values. And then you make your decision based on that. Right. Very good. Now, tell people, uh, before I forget, tell people how to find you, right, and uh, your various platforms so they can look you up and get some help. Thank you, Kaylin. A um, couple of places. Number one, our primary online headquarters is mybusinessonpurpose.com. And if you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash mastermind, uh, we have got a, an online, we call it the Business on Purpose Mastermind Online Member Community, where we just launched this about two weeks ago. And we're actually offering forum coaching um, and all, every, this is crazy, every single video course we've ever done or will ever do will be in that mastermind. <laughs> Every single template that we have ever created or will ever create will be in that mastermind. And uh, we also do a once monthly live Q&A call uh, that's available for, for members of that as well. It's just a great um, opportunity 
to get coaching for some people who have never been in the coaching realm or seen what a coach looks like. Right. And then also on our website at mybusinessonpurpose.com, we have got a free five video module training series on what we call the four steps to business freedom. And so it walks you through a framework, vision, mission, values, the three critical uh, business roadmaps you need to know about, the, how to build your organizational infrastructure, and then finally how to develop those systems and processes. Very good. And once again, for those of you listening, and uh, Scott doesn't know this, but I always tell people, Scott, if you're on the treadmill, don't get off <laughs> because you can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and look for this particular episode. And in the show notes, I will include these links that we talked about. So you don't have to, you don't have to sweat it. No pun intended nice, if you're on the nice. treadmill. But you can always come back and find these links. And I will have a link to mybusinessonpurpose.com, which is where you can find Scott, that's his hub, his headquarters online, if you will, uh, so that you can look him up and find out more. So before I let you go, anything else? Any closing thoughts? I I, I think my only closing thought is this, Kaylin, both for you and, and both for all of our friends who are listening, and that is regardless of what you do, again, if you've got a half-baked plan fully implemented, I will take that all day long over a Ferrari-like plan that's just sitting in the garage. And so for, you know, all of us, implement, 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 implement. If you can implement, regardless of what, you know, what you've got going on, you're going to start to see things happen. And, and quite honestly, as it relates directly to marketing, Kalen, I feel like we've got a responsibility to market because there are people who need what you do. And the only thing keeping them from you and you from them is marketing. And so implement whatever the plan is, just do it, pull the trigger, test it, Screw up, learn from your mistakes, and keep going. Keep moving forward. Yeah, lean into it. And then your feet have to keep up with you. <laughs> right? That's right. That's yeah, exactly right. Very good. Well, Scott BB, founder and head coach of my business on purpose.com. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Kaylin, thanks so much for having me. I am um I am very pleased to have been able to bring you to my audience. And those of you listening, remember every uh every other Tuesday afternoon around 1 p.m. Eastern, you can find a new episode of Act Local Marketing over at actlocalmarketing.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kalen at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kalen a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.